Welcome to the Send Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss horse health, nutrition, training and performance. Welcome everyone to the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your host Brian and Peter today, and this is episode 38, and this is all about the cause of sun bleaching in your horse. We're going to look at what is the main cause, but we'll also look at the other aspects involved when a horse is sun bleached and ways to help prevent it. But then there's another aspect to this where it cannot be prevented fully and how to minimize it with your horse. How are you, Peter? And welcome back from Hamilton Island. Thank you, Brian. It's a very good topic because I'm actually a bit sun bleached myself. Um, we've, I've been fortunate enough to have uh, three or four days break and you know I've had about 47 litres of red wine and I'm very proud <laughs> so it's it's time to go for a detox I think. Think of the antioxidants. It's it's well the antioxidants <laughs> the vitamin D in the sun so um, but look we've um, it's been a really really hectic week I might I might need like a stiff drink on Friday like a shandy or something. Shandy. <laughs> what about yourself? No. No? No not a shandy. <laughs> not an unwatered chardonnay that's 2022 or something like that still fermenting in the vat. Good one. Good anyway, one. <laughs> anyway, let's get back onto the topic. So sun bleached coats, this is a topic that gets brought up regularly on the phone and, and even some of the inquiries that we get. And obviously the, the first port of call for majority of, of the people that call through is, well, let's just throw a rug on a coat that the horse is sun bleached. And that's not necessarily the, the long term and the full solution to it. And what we'll do today is we'll, we'll just address the real cause of, of why horses get sun bleached coats. And just give a few tips and pointers of, of how we can correct the, the, the actual problem itself. Yeah, so a sun bleach coat really isn't a good look for a horse. So it, they'll, they'll look real dull through that coat and the colour's not as intense as it should be. And as Peter said, the, the quick fix that people think they're going to fix it with is rugging them during the day because they think the sun is bleaching that coat out. But we're going to dive into what really is this cause and ways to really combat it in the right sense through nutrition and really get to the bottom of it. So a sun bleach coat is a real classic sign of a mineral deficiency. And the way to correct this is to put the horse in a more balanced diet state with adequate nutrients. But more importantly, that mineral balance has to be in the right ratios for absorption to the conditions the horse is in their environment and then to maximize that absorption so they can use that in their coat and skin condition. Well said, Brian. And just one point I'll add on to that is the most common mineral imbalance found is actually in hay, where there's way too much iron combined with low zinc and low copper levels. And high iron concentrations, as we've said previously, can interfere with both zinc and copper absorption, making already the low levels of these minerals even less available to your horse. Yeah, and why do we zero down on the zinc and copper for that coat color, coloring and condition? So zinc and copper in the diet helps protect oxidation of the melanin pigment in the coat from UV rays in sunlight. So if you've got your horse in the sun, which is the right thing to do with their vitamin D production and also their general health and well-being, if you're shortchanging on the zinc and copper, it's not protecting that melanin pigment and then that's the result of the sun bleaching or that faded coat. So it's a deficiency in zinc and copper. Both these minerals are components of melanin and this supplies coat color. Horses need three times as much zinc in their diet as copper, but it's also the other minerals in balance with iron that's really important. And then when you've got all that right, you're really lowering your risk of sun bleaching and you don't need to rug in the day, daytime and then get that vital sunlight. 
Brian, another point into the, the rugging, especially in the middle of, of summertime where you know, kick it up to 35, 40 degrees, depending on where our listeners are in Australia, is obviously the horse is going to be sweating, it's going to be dehydrating, it's going to be losing a lot of those, those trace minerals that it needs. So you, you, know, you can actually make the situation a lot worse by trying to do a good thing. Yeah, 100%, Peter. The UV rays from the sunlight, when they do hit that coat and then you've got the sweat coming through, approximately 21 milligrams of zinc and around 1.3 milligrams of copper are lost in per litre of sweat. So this seems like a small amount, but when they're in hot weather and they're sweating, say, as much as 10 to 16 litres of sweat per hour in a really hot climate, you're going to be shortfalling that zinc and copper in their system and then they're going to be prone to that sun bleaching. As we say, Brian, Rob and Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, it's another broken record moment. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm sure our listeners' hearts are in the right place. Obviously, they're trying to do the best for their horses that they know or or that they've researched online or or Dr. Google, you know. So, and there's a lot of obviously conflicting opinions. Well, you know, what's causing it, what's true, what's not. So we just want to sort of nail it down to the facts and... Like I said, sometimes, you know, trying to trying to do the rugging thing in the middle of summer, as we said, you know, you are going to dehydrate that horse and that could become into a really serious problem if not managed correctly, especially long term. Yeah. And the zinc and copper levels in the horse is not just for the color of the coat. They're used all around the body. So in their healthy joint condition, their bones, the immune system, connective tissue, even digestion, they really need those adequate mineral levels at the right ratios to really thrive in their overall health. Zinc is more important for darker colors, so your beige, browns, and blacks, while copper is important for all shades. And if you supplement copper, you're likely to cause a secondary zinc deficiency. So you might mean well and go, oh, I've got a chestnut horse, I'm gonna just supplement copper. They need the right ratios of those different minerals for the best absorption because of the competition between each mineral in the horse. That's extremely well summarized, Brian. So our listeners out there probably scratching their heads going, well, look, that's great information and it's all all good, but what does it exactly mean for me and my horse? So first point is most likely whether you're on a pasture diet or whether you're on hay only. So that's going to really, really change what obviously you need to supplement with. Um, as we know, once pasture dries out and it becomes hay, it's extremely low in, uh, in those micronutrients that, that the horse needs. So that horse on hay will 100% need to be supplemented with, with the zinc and copper vitamin product, um, whether it's our product, the CF50 or the, or the grain-free. Obviously, everything's balanced in that to help with the shortfalls in, in the hay and pasture. Um, if, you're, if you're lucky enough in the middle of winter to, to have access still to pasture, you know, you might not need to lean on that um, multivitamin product as much as what the, you know, the people on, on hay do because pasture does hold a lot more micronutrients than, than, than compared to hay. Yeah, 100% right, Peter. The, the send range of vitamin mineral supplements really isn't the right ratios for that absorption. We use chelated minerals so that it, it gives the best chance of absorption and be more effective in that whole digestive process. So we're taking that competition between the minerals out and lowering the risk of any deficiency going forward. And also, Brian, just as a rule of thumb, normally a sun-bleached coat equals a you know that the horse is suffering from from a from a mineral deficiency. So rather than throwing a rug over it and hiding the problem, if we can if we can fix the deficiency, then naturally it will fix itself from, from the inside out. And then there's no need to reach for that, for that short-term sort of so-called fix. 
yeah, if, if you're ticking every box nutritionally with those minerals and also limiting that rug use and you, and then you are getting a sun bleach coat, then we've got to look at other aspects of the diet and the environment and what is going on with the horse and and what other things that, that may be the issue. Brian, just one point I'd like to make. Once our listeners correct the, the, the zinc and copper deficiency, they still might not be preventing the actual fading itself. So where the fading comes in is to get that nice sheen, we need to add fat. And that's where a product like the Senol comes in, obviously extremely high in omega-3 at 60%. Um, you're gonna get the extra calories, but also the sheen obviously that the, you know, that the horse might be lacking because it's not getting enough fat already in the diet. So it's important to get your, you know, your vitamins right, your minerals right, but don't forget the fat as well. And as we keep, keep talking about everything, everything being balanced, the fat needs to be balanced to the fiber, to the protein, obviously the roughage. And then once you've got that whole complete regime right, then you shouldn't be reaching out for any supplements. Yeah, 100%. And if we do go down that road of balancing the whole diet, without the pasture analysis or without the hay analysis and then you're not getting the result then that's going to be the next step to really zero down but nine times out of ten using a whole balance of nutrients that peter's outlined you're going to really lower that risk and hit your nutrient targets that are recommended for a horse to thrive daily so as an example brian a typical daily hay intake of around 10 kilograms per day falls around it's around about 200 grams short of the fat compared to fresh pasture grasses. So that's huge, you know? So obviously if you are on hay only, you will need to supplement with the fat products such as the, the sand oil. If you've got really good pasture, even better if you've had it analyzed, you might not need to reach out for, for that product like the sand oil. Yeah, we, we've got everything covered in that whole basic foundation of the diet and it's really simple and effective. And we have many clients that simplify their diet and then the, it really shows through their coat and skin condition. And that's evident all through on social media, especially as well with the before and afters. And if there is further problems with their skin and coat and you're ticking all those boxes and the foundation is right, probably the next aspect of it could be the environmental and that could be the source of mycotoxins. So mycotoxins are a type of fungus that grow on grasses and can be in feeds in humid conditions. So when those environments are right for them to grow, they can be around. So what they do, they can deplete the horse of nutrients due to the stress on organs like the kidneys and liver, and they're required to process these toxins. So an easy fix for this is adding, so an easy fix for this is if you do have a dull coat or a skin condition that's coming through is the scent extra balance, which does contain a mycotoxin binder, and then that'll shore up that side of removing that toxin. And in other aspects, if it's a real high load, then a, then a separate toxin binder may be required at higher levels. One point too, Brian, maybe you can address this, that we do get a few clients obviously who shampoo their horses like crazy, probably overdoing it. And, and, and we do see some that obviously have really flaky skin and stuff like that. And that's not necessarily from a vitamin mineral imbalance, but it's what it does, it's, it's taking away its natural oil from its from its coat and, and it's it's basically just drying out. Yeah, you can love them a little bit a little bit too much in that cleanliness stage and yeah, drawing those natural oils out of the skin, which you're trying to replace through the diet. 
and improve it. So trying to, obviously you have to clean your horse sometimes and, and present them at their best, but looking at more natural ways to keep that coat cleaner and not sapping that natural oil from the skin. Well, look, I said, if there is a fat deficiency as well, but simply adding product like the sun oil into the diet, that, that flakiness or, or, or that dryness might disappear. If there is a deficiency, then there'll be no need to, to shampoo every second day. Yeah, 100%, Peter. And probably the only other aspect would be when you have all your nutrient levels ticked, particularly your trace minerals with the zinc and copper, everything in balance, but then you still have that sun bleaching that comes through on particular areas of the horse. Now, this can be caused by the combination of sweat and sunlight. So if your horse is being worked a lot, you leave the sweat there. The components of sweat could be the combination of this with the sun that is going to give that sun bleached effect in parts of the horse that are being exposed to the sunlight. So not every horse will be affected by this bleaching, but sunlight plus sweat and then maybe that certain coat or coat color on a horse can be more susceptible to sun bleaching even when their nutrient profile is right. So a way to combat this is if your horse is sweating profusely, you're leaving them in the paddock afterwards, wash them off and, and get that sweat off them. So then they've got a cleaner coat and it's just wet without any of the components of the sweat. And it might be a less amount of sun bleaching that is resulted. So in summary to this, it can be the specific coat or the length of coat on a horse. If sweat is evident on the surface, if that sunlight is intense, and then that's all gonna contribute in different ways, and then you'll see that sun bleaching come through. So removing that sweat as soon as possible by cooling the horse down, we do touch on scraping a horse and why that's not beneficial in the cooling process of a horse, and that's in previous podcasts. But yeah, the main thing is if you wanna limit that sun bleaching through the coat, but you've also got your nutrient profile in a really good balanced state, is to do that horse management after their work or after sweating. If you're still out there very confused after everything that we've said, it might be a good time to jump on the net and do our free diet analysis. Obviously, it's a, it's a complimentary service that, that we offer here at Sen. Carly's awesome with it. She normally turns around within sort of 48 hours. Um, she, she, she does work really hard and we're, and, and, and we're very proud of her to, to have a part of the Sen team. So um, it just makes it so much easier when, when you have an expert, obviously, to, to analyze it through, make sure that you're ticking all the boxes, make sure that you're not overdoing something or you're not underdoing something where, you know, a lot of people do feed two or three different feeds. And as, as, as a lot of feed companies, um, you know, we don't recommend mixing feeds because each feed company has its own products to complement each other, where if you're feeding three different feeds from three different companies, it's very hard to balance to balance that diet. So. Carly will be, will be more than happy to, to, to take time out and obviously go through the analysis, make sure that every box is being ticked. And, and obviously once that box is ticked, hopefully we'll be closer to, to getting the, the ideal end result that we, that we want. Yeah, you can easily lean on us to do the hard work so you guys can concentrate on management of your horse and, and the training. And it's that consistency, which is the key, as Peter said, consistent diet, having it balanced, and then just monitoring the horse's response because Every horse is different, the way they respond to their environment and the way everything is. What type of bird is that, Pete? It sounds like a plover. <laughs> Probably attacking someone. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, so every horse will respond differently. 
what works for one might not work for another, but the whole foundation is gonna be the same for each one. And it's about tweaking those levels or tweaking different aspects of the diet as a response to what you see in your horse and their performance and overall health. Also 1.2, Brian, I'd like to add, there's, look, there's many platforms out there where people can jump on and sort of, you know, import their own feeds, what they're feeding, and, and it comes up with, you know, with different levels, obviously, of, of nutrients and, and protein and fat and what so forth. So the point I'm trying to make is don't go losing any, any sleep or, 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 you know, cold sweats at night if, if your zinc level's at 89% where it needs to be at 100 you know what I mean? Like as long as we're within the vicinity of where we need to be, you know, it's not it's not God's Bible. Those those programs, they're, they're a guide. Obviously, you got to look at the horse in front of you and see. Well, are you happy with the horse? Are you not happy with the horse? So the horsemanship involved is is probably fundamental. Obviously, the the horse's history. You know, does it does it really go down in the winter time and, and does it really pick up in the summertime? You know, is it due to to more rugging in the winter time that it goes down, or is it is it simply a, a deficiency in, in zinc or copper or or, or possibly fat as well. Um, and there's no one size fits all. So it's, so it's basically trying to tick as many boxes as you can, trying to trying to get to the ballpark figure where we can. And as I said, with the point I'm making is don't get, don't get sort of discouraged if you're not hitting every single level. Because we've had a lot of clients that have hit every single level on, on, on some of these platforms, but the horses still look pretty crap. So it, it, you know there might be something else going on there that that, that we can't see, or, or you know maybe blood tests aren't aren't showing as well. Um, so there are numerous facets of what of what could be wrong, but it is a process of just slowly eliminating the things that are possibly wrong, and then once you eliminate as many as you can, you're going to get to that last point that that might be just holding that horse back. Yeah, hundred percent, Peter. Furthermore, to that because we're all individuals, the way they process their feed their history in terms of even medication use can really have a detrimental impact on how they process their nutrients. So yeah, hitting those levels and then not seeing a result, you gotta look, you gotta really look at taking those foundations back again and then trying something different or tweaking levels to be, to either a little bit over due to a poorer absorption, but then you've got other digestive support products that will really help increase that nutrient absorption and then really improve the horse's overall condition. Extremely well said, Brian. And look, and if you're still confused, you've, you've got myself and Brian here that we're more than happy to, to answer your calls on a bat phone. It does get, <laughs> it, the bat phone the does bat. get pretty busy at times. So if we, if we don't come back to you, please, please leave a message or, or even you know, send us to social media. Um, well, you might be even lucky to get Ray. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, it's getting trained up very well. Yeah, uh, but look, look, we're all here to help. And, and sometimes, as I said before, it's, you know, like a two-minute conversation can save you two days of, of, mm. of trying to get research on Google and getting opinions from 50 different people that, that you're just going around in circles. So we're, we're here to help myself, Brian, or, or even Ray, if you're lucky enough to get him. Yeah, and yeah, the key thing about this is we, we've seen the improvement time and time again when we deep dive with someone, help them simplify their diet, and then in a couple of weeks or even a month, they come back and said, I think you've changed my life, you've changed not only the horse's life, but you've made my time in feeding the horse simpler and saving money at the same time. Well, look, Brian, just one example that I just had come into my mind just now. So I was talking to a client yesterday on the phone, and obviously she, she, she's been extremely happy with, the, with converting over to the Send Feed program. And then she called up and said, look, the horse has dropped a bit of weight and, and, and it shouldn't because obviously I'm sticking to the same protocol as, as what I've been on for the last six months. And, and, and I said, look, what, what's changed? That was my first question. She said, oh, well, look, funny you say that. I had a competition. I had to drive from, from country New South Wales um, sort of to, to sort of like northern Queensland. 
that was one thing. Obviously, there's a lot of stress involved in, in that trip. Like the horse obviously isn't the best floater, so it normally loses a lot of weight through stress and sweat and so forth. So horse came back, it wasn't too bad, but then two weeks later, she went for another trip with the horse. And those two consecutive trips so close together, obviously that horse is a, is a, is a stress head and it doesn't cope very well with, with new environments, perhaps whether it's transport, had a previous bad experience in its, in its younger life. And we went through the whole thing and just said, look, try not to take that horse for another long trip within the next month. Let's try to get him just relaxed. Because obviously that, that stress that scores inside with, with the cortisol going everywhere, the, there's hormones that are going to be out of balance. The, you know, the horse's body needs a bit of time just to self-regulate again. And so look, let's just try not to travel for a month. Let's, you know, let's stick to the program. And, and, and you know, I said, look, give us a call back in, in, in three to four weeks time and let's see how, how it's all progressing along. Yeah, and if she does need to transport the horse or they need to travel for that, there are ways to help that hindgut environment cope with that stress and then you'll lose less condition. So either doubling up on the feed rate for the extra balance and just looking at the whole calorie intake during that period, but then in recovery, making sure that they've got all those nutrients at, at a little bit higher levels and then she's got something to work with. Even the electrolyte, Brian, obviously, yeah. you know, like we do recommend clients that travel their horses really load up on the electrolyte sort of two to three days before because what you want to do is you want to get that horse fully hydrated. You want the water inside the cells. You want the water around the cells because it's so much easier than once you get for that trip, your horse is fully, fully hydrated where once you arrive at your destination, you're just topping up where if you don't do your homework before you leave, that horse is severely dehydrated when you arrive and you're behind the April straight away. Yeah, 100%. Good point, Peter. I think that really covers that whole condition of sun bleaching. Yeah, I think I think we've tried to keep it as short and sweet as, as possible and sort of to the point. Um, we have got some special guests coming on in the next couple of weeks, which we're really excited about. Um, we won't sort of let the cat out of the bag just yet, but yeah. um, but sort of stay tuned for, for a few guests on the podcast yeah, as well. Yeah, as we pass 10,000 listens. Yeah, actually. So that's a pretty good milestone. It, it is, Brian. I hope they don't count the 5,000 listens that you and I have yeah, had on, I on repeat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, no, I think a lot of people I talk to, they, they really deep dive on their long trips, particularly out west, and, and find some of the information that they never knew about horses or give them an idea to think about. And they're a puzzle piece. Not every horse is the same, and it's really good to have a nice reminder of what really goes on within the horse's body and their nutrient uh, and their nutrient needs and the response that can really happen when you've got it all in balance and and all at the right ratios. So Well said. Brian, one last point I'd like to make is with the podcast that you just said, I, mm. I personally like to listen to podcasts two or three times because I always pick something up the second and the third time that I missed on the first time. And because we are sort of on another planet with sort of what we're, you know, sort of promoting in, in terms of the SEN feeding program, um, it does take a little while to, to, to sort of, you know, to get into your mind and the subconscious where it actually makes sense. Where if you listen to it the first time, it might just go in one ear and, and come out the other ear and you haven't really got the benefits out of, you know, the message we're trying to, to come across. Yeah, it, it is a different thinking to even when we came into the industry where there was a lot of promotion of hard feeds and less roughage. And I think nowadays it's really flipped on its head and people can really see the benefit in working with the horse's physiology. But also what we're trying to do is make life easier in simplifying it all. So, yeah, we really thank you for all the support all the feedback that everyone gives. There's a hive of activity online. That Send Users group is fantastic to ask questions. And 
even touching on that, we've got really good distribution, particularly in the East Coast states. So if you do have a produce store that's struggling to get the product or they're telling you they're struggling, that's really not the case. And they're really, if they're really motivated in stocking SEN, they can call us in the office and we'll point them to the right direction because there's really good freight rates locally, particularly in New South Wales for them. And we're here to work with them so then you guys have the best access to the products. Brian, as you said, there's a there's a very small you know minimum order to order from our distributors and obviously one of them does do freight-free Australia-wide. So if any of your produce stores or listeners out there have sort of, you know, given you a bit of grief, oh, I can't get it, too expensive, too big, you know, too big order up front, you know, perish the thought it's not true. You know, yeah. we, we have got distributors in each state. Um, every produce store has access to the products. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you, if you stay persistent, even if you get the stores to call us directly, we can, you know, we can help assist yep. with, with the transition to the, to the distributors. Yeah, 100%, Peter. There is absolutely no supply issue, so that's not a good excuse by the produce store. And we're really thankful for the produce stores that are really behind it. And we, we've talked to a few this morning that the feedback and the results, because they're really confident and can talk from the heart because they've got their own horses on the Send Feed program. And it's all about helping. It's not going to suit everyone, but if you can see the benefits and the cost savings and the results in the end, I think the majority are going to really benefit. It's Brian, it's, it's quality over quantity. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It, it, it's as simple as that. Yeah, 100%. So I think we'll just wrap that up now, Pete. Great to be back and, and thanks to everyone for, for their time. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye.